Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite our attention on this morning to Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Father in heaven, speak now a word in this place, a word that may draw someone who might be lost, drifting in their relationship with you unto a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Speak a word, God, to that one that may have broken fellowship with you. Draw them back into fellowship. God, allow that relationship that you have with your children to be restored, refreshed, renewed today. Edify this body, God. Encourage that person who may have come in discouraged. Father, glorify yourself. I surrender all to you, God, on this morning that you would have your way in and through me as we preach your word. Have your way now, God, and we'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this letter, the Apostle Paul writes to Philippi from prison under the, one of Rome's most ruthless leaders the emperor known as Nero. Paul writes in prison while dealing with a emperor who was so vile that he would impale Christians on poles, cover them with oil and tars, set them ablaze for his entertainment and for the illumination of his garden. This Nero is in leadership and he hates Christians. He actively pursues them and persecutes them. He is the last of the Julio-Claudian dynasty of Rome. And he is such a ruthless guy that he is even responsible for his own mother's murder and his half-brother's poisoning. This guy, Nero, is such a lunatic, and I don't lighten up on saying that, that he just goes way over the top doing crazy things. Finally, to the benefit of all in Rome, he commits suicide. That's after setting Rome on fire and blaming the Christians for doing it. Paul writes with this as a context and a backdrop to the saints of Philippi. If you could imagine being a Christian, in Philippi during the time when you've got a Roman leader who's acting like this and who's killing Christians and setting them ablaze, he says, don't stress over it. And in fact, in his letter here, he writes this letter to tell those, don't worry about it. Don't be stressed about it. In fact, you ought to be rejoicing and glad and full of joy. Of course, for most of you, I see the look on your faces like, what? How can we be full of joy? How can we be rejoicing? How can we be excited during a time like this? But that's what Paul writes. And you've got to keep in mind, Paul himself is in prison when he's writing it. 
under Nero's leadership. And so, but he tells them to, to rejoice and be glad. In fact, this letter that we have here, only four chapters, over 16 times in four chapters, he speaks of joy and rejoicing. And it's a message of triumph through the joy and rejoicing. In the passage that we have here, he says, we can put this stress, we can put our worry to bed if we understood the power of prayer. I am convinced that we are living in a day and time today that people, Christians, have grossly and do grossly on a regular basis underestimate the power of prayer. I want to start a series of messages on that very topic. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. On this morning, from these verses, with the time we have in front of us, I want to talk from the subject matter. Prayer brings joy, rejoicing, and peace. You ever heard someone say, well, I can't do nothing else, but I'm, I guess I'll just pray. Like that's the last and only, it's like a meager thing we can do. But I, I need to help us to understand not to underestimate the power of prayer. Because here it is, as we get into this text, when we pray, we can avoid anxiety. Paul begins here in this uh, verse number four, he's resounding again about rejoicing and joy. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, even when Nero is burning Christians, even when he's persecuting the church, even when I'm in prison, he says, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. That's an interesting way of beginning things. But there's an interesting thing that he says here after verse number five, he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. He said, the Lord is at hand. Here's one of the reasons why, regardless of what's going on around us, if we understand the power of prayer, we can still rejoice. He says, the Lord is at hand. In essence, what he is saying is the Lord is near. The Lord is present. Even though there's chaos all around you, you, child of God, need to understand that the Lord is present. He's not far off. He's not way in a distance. He's right here. He's at hand. This language is similar to what we hear John the Baptist proclaiming when Jesus comes on the scene. His message, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is right here. Paul says, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is right here. Let me give you a kind of understanding. If you were going through trouble and you believe that the Lord was some three million light years away and you got to start praying and it's going to take your prayer a few years to get there, then you would have a right and a reason to be anxious. But if you're talking to the almighty God who has all authority in his hand, who has all power in his hand, who possesses the ability to deal with any situation you have and he happens to be right here, present it changes the whole idea about anxiety so paul says the lord is at hand he's right here he's, he's present he so he says be anxious for nothing what i like about this text is he deals with some extremes here he says be anxious for nothing listen to that extreme nothing be anxious for nothing 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 be anxious this word anxious means uneasy worried nervous to have excess concern because some people i'm not worried i'm just ex excessively concerned okay that's anxiety you, he says be anxious for nothing let none of these uneasiness worry nervousness excessive concern be a part of your life 
for no reason, for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be uneasy for nothing. Be nervous about nothing. That's an extreme. That means no matter what you can list, don't let any of these things cause you concern or worry. Don't be anxious because of the surgery. Don't be anxious because of the bills. Don't be anxious because of your grades in school. Don't be anxious about going to prison. Don't be anxious about your pets. Don't be anxious about your projects that you have that haven't gotten finished and you only got a little bit of time left to do them. Don't be anxious about sickness or disease or death or your children. You know, a whole lot of folk be just so anxious about the children. I know I want them to do well. Don't be anxious about about nothing about the divorce don't be anxious about the wedding don't be anxious about your mama your daddy your sisters your brothers don't be anxious for the car don't be anxious for the job don't be anxious for the future don't be anxious about the past don't be anxious about what's getting ready to happen be anxious for nothing you can add your situation in there and Paul says be anxious about none of that because the Lord is at hand no matter what you can put in there, he says, be anxious for none of that. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Well, Paul turns around after telling us prayer will help us to avoid anxiety. He also comes back and he says, pray and address the king. Here's how you're going to deal with it. Address the king. Well, whatever that issue is, take it to the king. He says, Whatever the trouble, instead of being anxious about it, instead of letting it keep you up at night, instead of being excessively concerned about it, he says, in everything, no matter what it is, no matter how bad, now how small, how great, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let it be made known to God in everything, in everything, in every concern that you have, take it to the king. In every little problem you have, take it to the king. And every matter that's concerning you, take it to the king. Whether it's large, whether it's small, whether it's impossible or seems impossible, you have to know that there is nothing too hard for our king. And guess what? He's not far. He's at hand. So he says, no matter what it is, by prayer, prayer, let me help us here, because we do need to know what prayer is, because some people think prayer is a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. Y'all understand that? Let me break it down a little further, because some of y'all didn't pass that English lesson. Some of us think prayer is just us talking to God. That's monologue. Mono meaning one. One person talking. Prayer is not monologue. Prayer is not you getting on your knees or bowing your head and you talking to God and never bothering to listen. Prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is an opportunity where you get to share with him and he gets to share with you. He says, in everything, have a conversation with God about it. Can I help somebody right about here? If you had a conversation about some of the stuff you've been going through, if it was dialogue instead of monologue, you might not be so anxious. See, if it wasn't just you telling God what you need and what you're going through and never bothering to listen to God to tell you how he was going to work it out, when he was going to work it out, that he was going to work it out, you wouldn't have got up off your knees still anxious. People spend all this time praying at night, then get in the bed and can't go to sleep. He didn't bother to let it be dialogue. He says in everything by prayer, conversation with God. And he says in this conversation, he says, with thanksgiving. So there ought to be thanksgiving in the conversation. While I'm talking to him, I ought to be thanking him. 
While you're giving thanks to God, it eases your anxiety about stuff. A lot of reason why we're anxious in the first place is because we somehow believe that we're being shortchanged on something. But if I start giving thanks to God for what I already have and what he's already done and what he's already doing, maybe it ought to cha it'll change my attitude about being anxious for the next thing that I want from him or feel like I need from him. So he says, by prayer, by conversation, with thanksgiving, he says, let your supplications, that is your requests, whatever it is, let your supplication, let your requests be made known to God. So you're going to have conversation with God, prayer with thanksgiving, but you're also going to give supplications with thanksgiving. Now, think about this for a moment. While you're asking him, you're thanking him. While I'm asking him to bless, I'm thanking him because he's already done it. While I'm talking to him, having this conversation with him, and then making my petitions known to him, my supplications known to him, because I'm praying in faith, not in doubt. If I'm praying in faith, I already believe that he will do what I'm asking of him. So I can thank him now while I'm asking him, instead of waiting and, and stressing and having anxiety about it until it happens. When he says be anxious for nothing, we can have no anxiety if we would take our petitions to the king and thank him while we're petitioning him. Lord, I, I'm praying that you work this out and I thank you for working it out. So he says, address the king. In everything, address the king. In Prayer, address the king, with thanksgiving. I'm praying, I'm having conversation with thanksgiving. I'm making my supplications, my requests known to him with thanksgiving. And then watch this. So I'm going to make this, th this, this, make my request known. And, and when the user's word request, he says, this, this word request is my specific need. I'm trying to help us with the prayer thing. See, some of y'all are general prayer people. You just kind of do sweeping prayers because you're in a hurry. Just bless them, Lord. No, no, no. This is specificity. You need to say what it is. Be very specific what your request to God is. And it's not that he doesn't know. He already knows it. But it's your opportunity to acknowledge it. And to acknowledge you have a need in it. And as you're being specific about your request to God and being thankful in your request to God and being celebrative in your, in your thanks to God, you can rejoice while you're asking him for whatever it is you need. And that relieves all the anxiety. Am, am I making sense? So watch this. So he says, now, as you do this, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then verse 7, as you're being specific, as you're experiencing all that, stress is falling off, anxiety is falling off, worry is falling off. I'm now rejoicing because I'm rejoicing, thanking God and worshiping God for all that happens. Then verse 7 says, after avoiding anxiety and addressing the king, guess what? I activate God's peace. So finally, my prayer is going to activate the peace of God. It's right there in verse number 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When we pray, the peace of God is activated in our direction. 
When I talk about the peace of God, I'm talking about the God of peace. I'm talking about the prince of peace. I'm talking about the God who has the capability of, of releasing peace into our, into our life to the extreme that the text says that it surpasses the understanding of man. In other words, he will release peace into your life that cognitively you can't understand. You are sitting there rejoicing and glad and, 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 and having hope for whatever the scenario is, even though your mind is telling you you ought to be worrying. Anybody ever been there? I mean, you've got so much peace. And, and, and people around you are saying, aren't you concerned? And you've got peace. And you don't know how you got this kind of peace. You don't know what happened, but you just know you're at peace with it. And people are saying, something's wrong with you. All right, maybe you're going through stress. or Maybe, maybe you're, you're in shock. No, I'm not in shock. I've got the peace of God. And the peace of God has been activated in my life because I understand the power of prayer. Watch this. Because the power of prayer puts me in position to know that when I talk to my father who is near, he will take care of whatever it is that's in, in, in my life. What's this? And because now I put it in his hands, he's handling it. He's taking care of it. I can rejoice in it. I can be glad in it. Even if it's Nero who's killing folks all around me, I don't have a concern. I don't have a worry because my father's taking care of it. I've let him know about it. And now he's, he's unleashed peace in my life. That, that my mind, I can't even wrap my mind around the peace that he's given. Everybody's crying. Everybody's stressed out. Everybody, they passing out pink slips. You got one, they got one. And, and they, they about to lose their mind, ready to jump out a building. And you, you want to go get ice cream. Come on, y'all, let's have a party. What are we partying about? We just lost our jobs. Well, we ain't got no work to do. We might as well have a party. Peace. I mean, this, this doesn't make sense. Peace. It surpasses all the understanding of man. He says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all the understanding of man. That peace, watch what it's going to do. He says, it will, it will guard your hearts and your minds. This, this idea of guarding your heart and your mind is like releasing a regiment of soldiers, armed soldiers, to guard your heart and your mind. Pastor, why is that important? Because when we are going through anxiety and stress, our heart has a tendency to take us places we should not go. Pastor, what do you talk about? When I talk about heart here in the text, I'm talking about your emotions. And so sometimes stress, watch this, stress will cause our emotions to have us crying and we don't even know why. And somebody might even say to you, you should have stopped crying by now. But you're still crying because you're stressed out. And something I've heard it said this way, my emotions are just all over the place. Ever been there? Well, you need a guard on your emotion. Peace of God will put a guard on your emotions. It'll keep your emotions from being here and there and everywhere. While you're sitting there watching your loved one go through sickness and disease, while you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay the bills, and one day you're happy, the next day you're sad, you're stressed out, you're worried, you're losing your hair, everything, you can't sleep, you you're, the guard will be put on your emotions. So your emotions ain't all over the place. But I don't only need a, a guard on my emotions, I need a guard on my mind. Because we are intellectual beings, and we think a lot. 
Amen. When trouble comes, we start thinking, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to get out of this? How am I? Well, if I do this, then I might be able to do that. And if I do that, then this might come in play. And we're strategizing and we're analyzing and we... You're not even, you don't even have a, your doctorate degree and you, you trying to, trying to come up with remedies from Googling stuff online. And now all of a sudden you got an online degree from you, you, you trying to resolve other people's health problems that they didn't just took out the, the liver and the lungs and all. And you, you didn't look online and now you figure it because we smart like that. So you need a guard on your mind to keep your mind from being all over the place. And not only do we think about remedies, we think about, we think about the destruction. We think about how bad this is going to be. Oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm going to be eating soup. I'm going to be in a welfare line. Oh, God. Just, we, need, we need a guard on our mind because our mind will take us all over the place. The peace of God will release a regiment of soldiers to protect your heart and your mind. And it will keep you. It'll keep you in the peace of God through Christ Jesus. Y'all seeing this? Here's, here's, here's the good news. The good news is if you're born again, you have access to that power. You've got access to the power of prayer to talk to God, to pray to God, to avoid anxiety, to address the king, to activate his peace. But if you don't know God, you can't even activate his peace. If you don't know God, you're praying in the air. And there's, there's, no, there's no resolve for you. There's no hope for you. There's no guarantee for you. I was talking to somebody the other day, and um, I'm not really sure if they know the Lord or not. I don't really know. But I know according to the way they practice, they don't know the Lord. And so they've got a situation going on, and, and they're, they're asking everybody else to pray. And I'm thinking, well, you're asking me to pray, but you don't believe like I believe. But, but somehow, um, in your own prayer, you have no confidence in your own prayer to the God that you're praying to. And I'm thinking, that's got to be a miserable God to have. You got a God who you can pray to who you're not even sure if he can answer your prayer? But that's not too good. And if you happen to be in that place today, I want to introduce you into a Christ, to a God who can answer prayer who does answer prayer, and who is alive to be associated and affiliated with your need. He knows what we're going through. He's been through it. He's been tempted in every measure that we've been tempted. He knows exactly how it feels. You know, all the folks that's into feelings, he knows how it feels. He's acquainted with our feelings. And guess what? He's gone through all this so that he can relate to us. He lived in the flesh, and he's not so far away on a journey that we have to wait for him to come back. He's at hand and he's available for your salvation to bring you into a relationship with him first. And then for those who already have a relationship, he's available for us to talk to in prayer, to place all of our troubles before him. Everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. 
We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bucus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.